You're listening to Campus Review Radio. To register for our upcoming Higher Equity Summit, examining the various barriers to equality in higher education, visit campusreview.com.au and follow the links to Higher Equity Summit. For those who haven't read it, can you just run us through the key points of your paper on the Safe Schools Coalition? There's a number of points in the paper. I first of all say that the statistics quoted in some of the Safe Schools materials, in particular all of us, uh, have no valid scientific basis. They are cherry-picked statistics which exaggerate greatly the um, matters with which the Safe Schools Coalition is concerned. Secondly, um, if we're talking about adolescent same-sex attraction, then we need to recognize the research shows that that attraction is very volatile. That is, if you look at studies of um, teenagers who record same-sex attraction, uh, say the age of 13, 14, 15 years, years of age, um, a year or two later, they, um, uh, they do not report themselves to have a same-sex attraction. It seems that same-sex attraction um, stabilizes around the age of 20, but prior to that is really quite volatile. So if we're encouraging children to accept labels of being lesbian or gay or even bisexual in years seven and eight, which is where the safe schools material is focused, then I think that's a, a problem. It's, it's, it's premature for kids to identify their sexual orientation at such a young age. Uh, thirdly, I've got issues around the way in which transgender matters are, are dealt with. These are very complicated issues to do with gender dysphoria. Um, most children who experience gender dysphoria um, find that that issue is resolved for them by the time they reach puberty, different for uh, adolescents. But whatever we do, they must have expert psychological and medical help for that issue. We can't just rely on pop psychology and internet self-help materials. James, there are other things in the paper as well, but that gives you a flavour of some of the problems that I see with this programme. Your main criticism of safe schools is that it's not based on any evidence and it seems to be a very blunt material for very complex issues. It's not that it's not based on any evidence. They, they offer citations for the, some of the claims that are made, but those citations either don't bear out what is being claimed in the materials or uh, are, are cherry-picked. Um, so, yes, what I am saying is we need to deal with these very sensitive and difficult issues with a rigorous evidence base. And that is not there in the Safe Schools program at the present time. And so what do you believe Safe Schools should be? I think it's very important that kids do have some assistance with these issues in their adolescent years. I'm not against having a Safe Schools program or something like it. And of course all kids need to be protected from bullying and from discrimination. But beyond that, um, young people who are struggling with feelings of same-sex attraction need help and support, need to... Um, understand that uh, you know they can talk about those issues in a safe way. So it's not about not having a program. Um, kids, particularly those who don't have family support, need some sort of help in schools. But we've got to make sure that it is scientifically accurate. So we can say that yes, you may have a same-sex orientation, and yes, that's okay. But we also need to say to a great number of kids, yeah, you may have a same-sex attraction, but statistically speaking, most of you, of the kids who have that in their teenage years, grow up to be heterosexual or mainly heterosexual adults. So we need to give all the information to kids, not just 
uh, a small part of it. Critics of this argument would say that you're just telling kids that it's just a phase. No, um, I didn't say that, and I don't think that's what the, the research shows. I think what it shows is that for some kids, it's just a phase. If you look at the research on adolescent same-sex attraction, um, then if you take, for example, the national um, uh, uh, study of adolescents in the United States, in wave one, um, a number of the, of the boys said they were same-sex attracted. A year later, uh, they were surveyed again, and only one in ten reported a same-sex attraction at that stage. Those kids have been followed through into their adult years, into their late 20s, and only a tiny fraction of those who said they were same-sex attracted in wave one were still so at wave four. So the evidence is clear that for some, uh, same-sex orientation begins in their early adolescent years and con continues to be a fixed and stable tray, but for many others it's not. And, and especially so in terms, of, in terms of, of girls. Let's talk about the other side of, of the Safe Schools Coalition argument, which is it's a very pol polarizing argument, but would you say there's been evidence-free arguments cited by the opponents of Safe Schools? I think it has been a very polarized debate, uh, James, and it's made it very difficult to talk about these issues. What I've tried to, to do in my paper is to review all the evidence systematically clearly and to go through it all and say well what's true what what is what is not as long as we have a polarized debate between left and right on the political spectrum we won't find the sensible center of what is going to be good for good for kids there are significant child protection issues for kids about this program and we need to talk about them. And people often refer to the centre as a radical centre because the polarised debate just seems to be a norm now. What do you think of that? <laughs> um, I don't know whether it's radical or not. I certainly find it very difficult to talk rationally and sensibly about these issues because one has attacked so much. But we do need to have in schools evidence-based materials. We need to give kids reliable information about sexuality and about gender dys dys dysphoria. And we can't leave the ground vacant. We can't leave the middle ground vacant to extremes. And you explain in this paper that the government review of safe, the Federal Government Review Commission of Safe Schools, which was commissioned earlier in the year and completed early in the year by Professor Bill Luden and Professor Donna, Donna Cross, was, was given like a very tiny deadline for a proper review of two weeks. So yes, yes. Does that mean so? Basically, safe schools has never been properly examined. Is it? Is no, that what you're saying? no. I mean, the the. I think what happened was that the government wanted to clear the decks uh, for the the election announcement, which was imminent at that point. Um, Professor Lude and Don and Cross were asked, and Professor Cross were asked to do the review. Professor Cross dropped out very early and um, didn't take any part in it. Professor Luden did, but he was only given two weeks. I think he was given quite a narrow terms of, of reference. I wrote to him along with Professor Kim Oates, who's an eminent paediatrician, and drew attention to all the problems, or many of the problems of these statistics, um, but he didn't feel he could consider them. So it hasn't had a proper review at all. And what is happening is that teachers are giving out wrong information on these issues to students. Academics from La Trobe University also founded the Safe Schools Coalition, and in your paper you actually you said that La Trobe's reputation could be damaged. Yes, I, I think it could be. Um, look, some of the research quoted in the Safe Schools materials comes from Latrobe, but is, even then it's not quoted accurately. So um, 
but I, I, I do think there's a responsibility on the trobe as a university providing materials to school teachers to make sure it is sound, it is rigorous, it is scientifically based. And that's not what's happening. That's a real issue for La, La, for La Trobe, I think.